0: Two cans of Gillette shaving cream side by side. Only a fool would make such an obvious mistake. A fool, or perhaps a desperate man whose subconscious was pushing him to get caught. When the curious customs official at London's Heathrow Airport picked up one can and then the other for inspection, I knew instantly it was over. After all, no one packs two cans of shaving cream for a one-day trip. Busted like some common perp on Mike Hammer. I knew how stupid I had been. Strange as it sounds, however, with the jig up, I felt relief, not fear. As I let out my breath, I knew this period in my life was finally over. When the officer asked, after a quick shake of each can, what was in the fake canister, I readily fessed up. Cocaine. I was zipping in from Marseille in the south of France, where I was shooting the TV movie Miss Daughter, to London for my camera voiceover work, because Columbia Television didn't like the Paris recording studio. It was one day's work, but I was deep enough in the grip of the white lady that going empty-handed for even a short jaunt seemed unbearably long. So I packed the canister with the false bottom, a present from my wife, Jill unthinkingly laying it in the suitcase next to my actual shaving cream. Even had I been paying attention to details, my behavior was absurdly risky. Right as my television career was peaking, here I was smuggling cocaine across borders. My secretary, Debbie, had her own small supply. Not just this once, repeatedly. On trips in the States, I'd sometimes smuggle it in my suitcase and sometimes have packages mailed to me. Making matters worse, I was flying from one of the drug capitals of the world into a country grappling with drug issues at an airport where both Tony Perkins and Linda McCartney had recently been busted for drug possession. Still, my addiction would not allow me to see beyond my immediate needs. My motto about cocaine resembled a certain credit card sales pitch for travelers. Don't leave home without it. I don't remember the first time I tried cocaine. It likely started out innocently enough, just taking up someone on a friendly offer. In Hollywood in the 1970s, it was socially acceptable. You'd attend parties, and then be bowls of the stuff. At certain restaurants, the maitre d' would come up and say, Would you like to go to the bathroom and have a snort? My initial experiences, about a year apart, were fairly typical. I felt euphoric and alert, seeing the world in a new light with newfound energy. I had no idea about the drug's potential for damage and destruction. I don't think most people around me did either. I liked it. That's the thing. I've often said, thank God I've never done heroin, because I have an addictive personality. When I was at Yale Drama School in 1964, I was doing a plie in a dance class run by the legendary Pearl Lang when my right knee suddenly locked At Grace New Haven Hospital, the doctors found my meniscus totally gone, thanks to my high school years of playing football and running track. In those days, before arthroscopic surgery, a full operation was required. I awoke in a haze. They gave morphine shots for the pain, and I kept asking for more. I quickly found I became very cranky when I didn't receive my shot. In retrospect, it was an early warning sign that I missed. With cocaine... I was soon intrigued enough to purchase my first gram. Cocaine was something of a status symbol in Hollywood, and for someone whose unusual career path was outside the mainstream, it offered an easy way to fit in, to be instantly popular in a world not unlike high school, where there is tremendous, overwhelming, often endless pressure to conform. I'd say I could take it or leave it, but if someone offered me a snort at a party... I'd always take it. I didn't know I was standing atop a spiral staircase and my initial buy was the first step on a long trip down. Ironically, cocaine soon stopped making me feel more sociable. Unlike smoking a joint, which felt more akin to having a drink. Cocaine instead took on a medicinal quality, an inhalation of confidence, creativity, and control. I was methodical about my usage, always allocating what I believed was just the right amount to give me that boost I needed to do my job with the proper intensity and focus. Over time, however, the confidence Coke provided began disappearing.